And you're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 94, Woo! 94 Yay! of the Collabcast. I'm Marvin Yue, along with my co-host, Minji Chang. And we're joined this week by our intern, Lily Rugo. Hi! Yes! And happy belated World Adoption Day. Yay! Sitting in the background is our other person. He just, he, just wants to listen, he just wants to listen in. He doesn't want to be He's lurking and listening it. to our, our voices <laughs> in his brain. Um, but welcome. It's... um. It's over. 2016 is over. We can all relax and sleep now. Can we? <laughs> I would, I'm planning 2017 right now. I just want to go back to 2015, start all over again. <laughs> can we? Everyone's alive again. The election's still going. Yeah. Oh. R. Just R. go back. R.I.P. Leonard Cohen last year, last week. Um, but yeah, last, last weekend was Collaboration Star and Empower. And because of that, the last week's episode, and those of you um, who... Um, listened in, might have noticed that we didn't have a live episode. I had to put together a little clip show of some of our more silly moments, but hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Um, Minji finally, finally got around to hearing it. A couple days ago. Yeah? Yeah. It's in it's in my withdrawal time. <laughs> every time. This is every year. And we're at 94 episodes, so there's another episode that exists with me lamenting. Like, it's over. <laughs> and we always have that moment of like... It's the after the adrenaline wears off and the high is over. You're like, why? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just figured, you know, it was kind of a heavy week. A lot of people were kind of down on just the state of things the world. in general. So um, I cut world. together some of our more livelier segments and um, hopefully brought some smiles to the world if you listen to it. Oh, it made me so happy. Did you guys listen to it? Yes. Yeah, it was yeah. good times. I was I was laughing. It genuinely, I relived it and I was like, I have to retake this quiz. <laughs> what am I now? Oh, wait, is that the one with like the animal and the... Yeah. I ask my friends that quiz yeah. all the time whenever we just need like an icebreaker. It's a we good one. We learned so much about Minji that night. It's a good one. I'm a scary building <laughs> from Men in Black, <laughs> but it like Men in Black inside is like absolute chaos. So um, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, come on. Go on and listen Go to listen episode 93. Episode. Um, it'll give you kind of, especially for those of you new to the Clubcast, give you a little sampler of what we've been through the last 93 episodes. And um, as we march our way towards episode 100, we still need to figure out what special thing we're doing. Are we going to have a party? Yeah. Let's. <laughs> what week is the 100th episode? So Will I still be here? It's. No, you're gone. Why oh. do we have to keep reinforcing <laughs> that Lily's leaving? It's Stop the, it. It's actually the week. I'm getting of, very upset. <laughs> it's the last week of 2016. We'll be here. Oh, episode 100. What? Yeah. Oh, that man. is insane. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I've been on like a emotional roller coaster per usual. What else is new? <laughs> but this in particular, like, there's been a lot of changes in my life in the last week, which is why when Lily mentioned. She purchased her ticket back to Boston. I almost threw my notebook. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, also, Song told us that this is his last Stop week. Stop it. So. Yeah. 
Our interns are leaving. No, you gotta, you gotta we don't have any interns rehire. coming back. Yeah, no, no one, no one applied. <laughs> hint, hint. Very sad. Pay no, that's not true. We didn't ask. We did. I'm always. We're always asking. Okay. There's like a constant. I'm ask asking on now. Marvin's okay. Marvin asked, and now Minji's asking. It's good work. We good do fun. need a reason to come to the office every day because when we have no interns, and I'm like, I can work from home today. There's like, no one. I don't want to be on around Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Yeah, episode 94, the, the world has footprint. been turned upside down. And not in the Hamilton way. And I was making a subtle reference. You didn't have to call it out. That was the good, the world turned upside down. This is the awful, the world <laughs> turned upside down. And uh, we're going to talk a little, little bit more about just how we've been dealing with the last week. It's been a lot to deal with. It's been a lot to reflect and think about. But before we get to that, uh, every week we start the podcast with a roundtable discussion where we talk about what's on our mind in the world of pop culture and Asian America. And uh, let's start with Lily. What's been on your mind? Um, I guess, well, I kind of have two off the top of my head. One, Jackie Chan just won an Oscar yesterday. He got an honorary Oscar. And that's great because he's great. And I don't really remember a lot of his Kung Fu movies. But when I was a kid, he had a cartoon, Jackie Chan Adventures. He was basically Indiana Jones, kind of, and he had to go, oh. I don't remember the whole plot, but he had the uncle who had to teach him how to do things, and he had his niece who was just really sassy, and he had to go find these magic talisman from the 12 Zodiac, and each one gave him a different power related to the animal, and it was really cool. And I then, love how thoroughly you know the premise. I don't remember anything about it. I watched that cartoon, but that whole, that whole just... Um, progression of sentences just, just made me really sad when you started off with saying i never watched his kung fu movies <laughs> that's his whole life i know it is but that when is i was like, a kid that was all i had that was Rumble what i watched as a kid even before the drunken wall drunken master 2 i need to see those and then of course rush hour but i remember jackie chan for rush his cartoon hour. we all know rush hour rush hour was good yeah. rush hour was the best yeah, with jay-z fun. bounce with me bounce with me <laughs> can you can you can you bounce with me bounce with me don't get me started. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Can I hit it in the morning? Yeah. Without giving you half of my door. And even worse, if I was broke, would you want me? Uh, we just owe his... Jay-Z like $10 million right there. Oh, no. Um, no, he has enough. <laughs> and he has Beyonce. What more do you True? want, Jay-Z? Leave True. me alone. But Dirt. congrats to Jackie Chan, I guess. Uh, it's kind of sad that he didn't he's not get is he getting that at the next oscars or is he just might. he might at least get, get invited on stage or be offered a, you know hand someone else a, another trophy too but i mean i guess that's close enough to an asian american that we don't need to complain anymore right <laughs> that's how okay. we've made <laughs> it this is, this we have peaked see this is my personal thing with that i saw and i was like yay but it was a very like contrived yay yeah and i feel it was forced and i was happy but it didn't feel i was like okay pr team you know like I mean, they're retroactively doing that because they're trying to and i feel like because of the whole whitewashing and the whole slew of incidents this year that like it does feel like the fact that it's not during the actual oscars time exactly does feel a little yeah, like, i'm sorry Oscar. i don't think that i'm like stretch <laughs> i don't think i'm reaching for when I'm, like they're they're doing this too and it, again it's not to like poo-poo all over that if they're making the effort to write some wrong you know i don't even know what to call that are yeah. they are they writing some wrongs or are they just trying to uh, right. appease people are they trying to placate people are they trying to like yeah if you're a cynic you can say oh they're just trying to reach out to the asian community saying look we but get that's Asians. A good thing. and that's a good thing too but at the same time 
it's not going to stop us from complaining next time. You know, mm-hmm. like don't like cynically well, if if they're doing this as a way to like reach out and like make up for something, it's still not enough. You know, it's not. No, gonna, I'm not going to look at it. It's not enough. I just like it's very to me. It's very obvious the 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 outcome that they're trying to get it has worked and i don't think that that's fake that's not inauthentic i genuinely appreciate like i'm glad jackie chan got an oscar yeah really glad really really glad congrats mr chan yeah for <laughs> like 200 mr. plus Tenon. movies and again and i think that he's been a great actor and a great stunt person and everything great entertainer yeah he's um i mean he his brand of action is very it's very accessible it made it made kung fu like mainstream in a way. Yeah. His, you know, slapstick, half comedy, half martial arts antics. And he was a very bankable star for a very, very long time. But bankable star, but like when you look at the, this this is just me being like art. Well he critic. always played the buffoon. Yeah, that's what right? I'm saying. As a film critic, does was he ever given a role where he could actually show his real acting chops and so that's that's what makes it feel a little bit off well, to me. Well, here's the thing like you're seeing you're you're looking at Jackie Chan in terms of him being like a I don't know, who's a Oscar winning actor? Eddie Redmayne. As but Eddie Redmayne new. or like a a Denzel or a Yeah. A, that's what I'm saying. In real life, look at his body of work. He's more like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, exactly. Like, or a Bruce or Willis. Or like mixed with like Jack Black or something. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like and Maybe Tom we... Cruise if you want to stretch, right? Yeah. Like Tom Cruise. But that's isn't a stretch. A... And so like is that Oscar worthy? You know yeah. That's why they had to give him an honorary one. That's a lot why of his feels, work. Yeah. He's done so much in the business and he's been in the business for so long and he's seriously injured himself and who knows how many times he's almost died. But none of his films have ever been oscar worthy he yeah. never did the revenant or interstellar or anything yeah. like that but he's still an amazing icon in hollywood now but, which makes it feel like oh we're just doing this to get the asian <laughs> diversity police off our back and i hate that we have to be so cynical about this but like i'm just I'm keeping like, it real yeah. like i i we've we've dealt with this topic too much and dissected it and had too many examples to be not yeah i don't feel like i'm being cynical i don't feel like i'm I don't feel like I'm no, it, I mean, it sucks it that we have to all. look at this like this like this really good moment and kind of see the like the the under belly of it. You yeah, know? I think yeah. that's that's kind of sad that, but it's also like the the world we live in right now, right? And you know, it this great news happens the same week they released the Ghost in the Shell trailer. Do which, not see Ghost not in the Shell. Not all related. <laughs> which is you don't know, look, you guys. Don't I was look. seeing I was seeing all these iconic scenes. I remember from watching the anime like it was a very like i don't know if you guys ever watched the original anime um movie that was like i think it was late 90s right or um that movie is as old as i am marvin are you old yet <laughs> pretty yeah. old do you feel Shit. old yet um, i remember that movie because it was the first time i saw you know robot boobies but um robot <laughs> but <laughs> i like minji's delay on that one i was like wait what there's so many just like all the iconic shots were there you know like the the visuals and the the style is all there and then you see all like the non <laughs> and then you see Scar Japanese jo. people or the not like yeah you see Scarjo you see the guy playing Butthole you see like just all the things that make you go ugh if only yeah. it was almost there and <laughs> yeah I I in my defense my preemptive defense of being diversity police police which I don't feel like I'm being I'm just an Asian American person who is in the business. Appreciated, but 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm okay. Okay. I think formally being part of the entertainment industry, I know that, you know, there's ways to eventually watch it without like, well, also sending a message like with Dr. Strange, right? I haven't seen it yet. I might eventually watch it, but when it's at the when it's at the point where it's the least amount of benefit to the company, I, I didn't watch it opening night because I, like a lot of studios, they, they they just care about that opening weekend numbers, and like yeah. I'm not giving you that number there. I might watch it down the line. I might watch it when it's on Netflix, but right now, I'm not gonna like, strategy, watch guys. It. We've talked about this. Like <laughs> let your let your dollar be your vote and be and it's your very hard power. because as like as a guy who follows like geek culture stuff, like lore is so important. And I want to know what happens. I might just read. I might just read what happened. And then thanks. Thanks whitewashing for ruining that for me. I always, I miss all the movies anyway. So I'm going to watch it. I'm going to contribute to, you know, like Netflix or Amazon's. <laughs> yeah. They already, they already took my money up front. So it's all good. <laughs> um, let's move on to my topic because I feel like, feel like my topic would have been Lily's second topic, which was um, we, we before this whole the whole collaboration crazy weekend and before the election, um, we took a trip down to San Diego for the San Diego Asian Film Festival. So uh, my second topic was Bruno Mars, but this works too. Oh, you get one topic. <laughs> you chose. You chose yours. Um, and yeah, we were able to watch uh, a bunch of really cool films. Watch, see, um, you know, our friend Andrew On got an award for best emerging artist um for spa night i finally got to watch spa night um but we also got to catch the premiere of um, speaking of world adoption day this past week um the follow-up to aka dan which is our friend dan matthews documentary about how he how he met his birth family aka soul which is a um a new documentary series that's been sponsored i guess um produced in part by isa and also NBC Asian America. So they got some more money to go back and shoot some more stories, this time with a more diverse crowd. And, you know, the first couple episodes are now out on NBC Asian America, so check that out. But, um, yeah, I wanted to get your your thoughts about that as a <laughs> as an adoptee. Um, Lily apparently was a little ball of emotions during the entire screening. It was a sobbing, snotty mess <laughs> five minutes into this movie. Aww. And it was, it was partially my own fault because I somehow jinxed myself I entered the mindset of I was sitting there and I was surrounded by people I didn't know that well on my right I had no idea who they were and on my left was like the Wong Fu ISA interns I had met and befriended but I still didn't know them very well and I was sitting there thinking like oh man this is gonna be pretty emotional I hope I don't cry and then I just jinxed myself because I was in that mindset of don't cry for the entire movie and on top of it was just really good and really emotional to begin with I just five minutes in it was really bad, and I felt really bad for the stranger sitting next to me who just had to deal with this. But yeah, it was a really good movie. I mean, were really you like ugly crying the entire time, or I wasn't. I don't. I wasn't like loud and sobbing, but I was definitely like <laughs> lots of tears, lots of like wiping my nose on my shirt. Um, at one point, I was sitting like you know a normal person in a movie theater, and then for some reason or for whatever reason, I just felt like I had to curl up. So apologies to the movie theater. I put my feet on the seats and just oh, like that's a nice theater too. Locked my <laughs> arms around my knees and just like held myself for the rest of this damn movie. It was really good. Yeah, I just wasn't prepared. Yeah, I mean the whole. I mean, if you watch the first series, you'll know what you're in for. Is that yeah. and more because of more diverse experiences. Like Dan's just one story out of like millions right of yeah adoptee stories and some not even told yet um this one talked about five different people each with different backgrounds i i found it really awesome and for those of you who um 
watching the series. Like they're gonna you're gonna see pretty much experiences from you know males, females, trans, international, yeah, gay, lesbian, international, like the Irish girl. Is she Irish or Scottish? She is Swedish, Swedish. but she lives in Glasgow, so yeah. she has a Scottish accent. I love her accent. It was really, She's amazing. It was really cool. Her story was good. <laughs> yeah. I started watching it. It's good. Yeah. It's so good. I really do recommend it. And they are yeah. all Korean adoptees. Because yeah. AKA Soul, Soul yeah. obviously. Right. So, yeah. And it's it's following the, the, the ICA conference, which is something and I guess we can talk about that a little bit now, which is something that um I guess you have a slightly different experience because you're a Chinese adoptee. Right. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, some Well, it was something I, not a stereotype, but kind of a preconceived notion I have about Korean adoptees is I figured most of them, uh, if not majority of them, had like a paper trail. They had like, this is my birth certificate that I can point to and then like, oh, look, I can. this is the orphanage and then these might be my parents' names and things like that. And that's all great and that's its own sets of challenges. But a lot of the Chinese adoptees I've talked to, uh, including myself, we don't have any paperwork. We were left places. So uh, that was something I learned from AK Soul. There was one of the adoptees they profiled who also had really obscure or unfinished paperwork. And then uh, so that was something I connected to there. And the other thing, the main thing that I've noticed with um, Chinese and Korean adoptees is Korean adoptees are older than most of the Chinese adoptees. Most Chinese adoptees are my age, like early 20s ish now. So a lot of the adoptee stories like Twinsters, uh, her new TV show, which hopefully will be made with Korean adoptees, Dan. Uh, You're on Notice Hollywood or TV Hollywood, <laughs> whatever that is. Right, yeah. Um, they're telling the Korean adoptee story, which is great, and it should be told. So I'm just excited for a few more years from now when the Chinese adoptees are old enough and we're ready to tell our stories because I'm there. I am 110% ready <laughs> to tell our stories. Do it. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. And Minji, you have your own experiences with adoption too, with your family, right? Yeah, it's been because um, my cousins actually went through a long process to adopt their son, Ethan, who's my nephew, and is just like a bundle of joy. Aww. He's like a little bear. His hands are gigantic. He's going to be, we're like all curious because he's not from our family. We're like, how huge is he going to be? He's going to be gigantic. <laughs> he eats like a maniac. <laughs> How old um, is he? He's just about to be two, I think. Aww. Or just turned two. Yeah. So. And then you can kind of see what the difference between nurture and nature is. Does does he turn out to be super attitude-y like the Changs? Or? Shut your face. <laughs> We're passionate people. <laughs> um, but no, and that's crazy because just to watch their process of like, well, it's just because my cousin has had, um, my cousin's wife, who's I call her my cousin, but she's had a really hard time having children they have two daughters that she suffered physically very badly and they really wanted a son so um they they decided to adopt and like for me it was just so funny because i've seen other people adopt and i think it's so great but mainly like white people (laughs) i didn't see koreans adopting other koreans there was one family in my old church out of again like 100 families that did adopt but it's not a regular thing so then to see my cousins do it and be so passionate so open and so um expressive about it writing blog posts about sharing their experience Mm -hmm. i was like because i always wanted to um so i got to watch them go through Mm -hmm. it and they went through a lot of paperwork and Mm -hmm. a lot of interviews and a lot of patience and prayer that they get approved and you know just to watch that and seeing how much they freaking love this kid Mm -hmm. and how much this kid loves them back we all love him (laughs) and um it's just great because i think koreans in the past the culture that I grew up with is very like bloodline 
mm. frenzy and bloodline. And okay, I'm not condemning that, but in being that you are like shutting yourself off to welcoming people who are not of your bloodline, you know? And also, I had to deal with that, like marriage options and whatnot. <laughs> can you trace your bloodline back? Back, like one of my friends can trace hers back to like Korean princess. I'm pretty sure it can. I haven't, I haven't looked into that. Oh. I think I tried to dissociate because I didn't. Oh. There yeah. were things I didn't like that, so I would just kind of be like, I don't care about this stuff. Yeah, you it know, means you as a princess explains so much. Shut your! I was the empress, <laughs> <laughs> not a princess. But it's interesting because so, um, like this whole obsession with blood bloodline and like the right way to you know to proliferate that is a lot of ways the cause of so much adoption too right right, right. um it's something that um i read a little bit more about today because today was the day um adam crapster the adoptee who you know was undocumented because his adopted parents never applied the guy for from washington papers. yeah yeah and he's, then he's he, getting deported the nyt just deported. found his korean yeah. mother yeah so there was a there was a new york times article about his they found his bi- biological mother who's like waiting for him in Korea. Wow. And about oh how she, you know, she had no idea he had this, like she always assumed he had a better life. Does you know? he have a camera crew following him? We need to make that happen. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Know. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, it's been very eye opening. And the funny thing is like, well, my best friend's Chinese American and she came from China when she was four. Um, and, having her in my life since I was nine and then when we watched um, Joy Luck Club together and knowing that whole story of the, you know how baby girls would be thrown like it, I cried when I was a child because I was like why would anybody do that to you like no <laughs> you know and it's just and then I thought of that and that was always kind of like a, a secondary other culture Asian culture in my life through my best friend mm-hmm. um, but yeah there's so many of those stories that are that are yet to be told and mm-hmm. so <laughs> fight on Lily and don't go back. Yep. <laughs> I'm stuck in Los Angeles. You're gonna now. do a better. You're gonna better job of She'll be making back. that this in is LA. Where, this is where all the cool stuff is happening. Unfortunately, <laughs> East Coast best. No, coast. Boston's great though. She's going back to snow. Good. <laughs> it is November. Why is it 80 degrees in November? Yeah, that's pretty effed up right now. Very true. Very true. But it's not. It's not because of global warming. Because the, the you know it doesn't exist. Yeah. It was a hoax invented by China. Minji, what's on your mind? Um. Mainly the show. I mean, it's mm. just been a lot. I've been, I, uh, it's just like my therapy session time now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously the election. I felt a lot of, um, a lot of everything, but a lot of grief this last week. And again, I'm really, just to, as a disclaimer, you know, we all have our own political views. I have had very strong views in one direction. Anybody who follows me on social media knows that. <laughs> But I've also been really working hard to to understand the other the many other perspectives involved besides mine. She's gotten better at it. I can attest to that. Yes. See, I'm growing. Um, but it was really <laughs> hard because, yes, from my point of view, I was I was shocked and um, I was not expecting this outcome. I had a lot of issues with what I had already been seeing in the last 18 months of this campaign running, and then what I knew with certainty was going to happen once this happened and so it was a very very trying week and then to get up the next day and still like feel purposeful and driven and motivated we had a two-day festival 
like with conferences and within shows, a couple like, days after right this. afterwards we sure planned that well yeah well we were just not <laughs> you didn't know we didn't know you didn't know but it was it was funny because it was ironically as i believe everything works out for a reason um it was the perfect timing because i think we ended up being able to provide a space and conversations that really desperately needed to happen for a lot of people for their own reasons their yeah. wider range of reasons um, and I mentioned a lot, a lot of those conversations, especially in our panels, changed because yes, of what happened. Yes, exactly. Right. And it was the right time for those. It was absolutely the right time for those. So, yeah, I mean, that's what's been on my mind. I know Lillian, we've all been supporting each other. <laughs> Marvin found me crying one point in the office. Aww. Yeah, I was. I watched her concession speech, which I should not have done in the office. I should have waited until I, I was I still home. haven't watched it. Don't do it. Because I couldn't. If you're not ready for it, don't do it. Because I haven't been ready. <laughs> Just like I haven't been ready to watch like Game of Thrones and stuff. It's like, such I'm just a... not ready. I'll watch it like eight years after <laughs> Parks and Rec is all over. I watched it. That's true. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of just, I think this election cycle in general has awoken a lot of people to the, like the political process. We've talked about this like at length on this podcast. Like I've been giving Minji civics lessons for the last like Which couple I months. Which I greatly appreciate. <laughs> and I think... Everyone woke up on Wednesday morning, like either still in denial and grief or with a purpose. And I think um, I mentioned this a little bit on, on my little intro to last week's clip show. But, you know, for me and I think for a lot of people in our community, it becomes, all right, now what do we do? Right. And there's a lot of people looking up to us as community leaders to like to like tell them not tell them but show them what we we should do and i think we set a good tone by like continuing to work on our three-day festival um or yes, two-day festival yeah by example but it, it comes down to just now it's it's time to like this is our new reality and we have to be able to you know to continue to do work good work in it and that's that's kind of the 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 attitude i'm taking um and it, it comes down to a lot of things. A is connecting with the people. We live in our own little bubble. I mean, it's it's everyone lives in their bubbles. So how do we bridge those gaps? And part of that is you know, the goal of collaboration, which is more representation in the arts. And you know, the more people see America as we see it, the more we all can, you know, work towards that common goal. And I think that's still very important, especially important these days, um, in the face of you know this other America that is separated and scary right? right the one i'm flying home to in three weeks <laughs> it's well maybe i should stay <laughs> no well this is a funny thing it's like when you kind of understand this is the the silver lining which i was desperately reaching for and it has sunk in a lot more but it's good to know what you're dealing with that is a very good thing and i'm really trying my best to Keep it, keep that in perspective because in, in keeping that perspective, I was listening to a lot of different articles to understand what prompted or what made everybody vote in a way that I didn't expect them to. What were the priorities? Clearly, the social stuff was not a priority for a lot of people. And that's, that's, that's comforting to know that that means the, the, the rage and the betrayal that I felt, which is like, oh, you just completely effed us. At the same time, though, if, if the social stuff wasn't as big a priority, if you were voting for the economic stuff, please realize, like, it, the, you do need to realize that the social stuff 
is safety stuff for people that we absolutely know, that's what and i'm that's saying that's what we're mad about i know so like we're all mad about different things we're all mad about different yeah. things and the anger it needs to be expressed i don't i'm not encouraging people to like suppress their stuff but also at the end of that we do need to start understanding the other perspective so when i did understand the economics the main thing that continues to upset me was the lack of vocal um, den- what's the word? Denouncing, denouncing, Den- condemning, like yeah, like if, okay, if yeah. you're gonna de- be yet defensive about this, like that's not why I don't, I'm not a big. Then like then take take your platform, whatever your little social media bubble may be, and tell people who are doing that to cut that shit out. Yeah. That's it. That's all. I was like, that would make a huge difference. That would change the narrative of how the world is unfairly, unjustly, like radically <laughs> portraying Trump support. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that would change so much, but that's not what I'm seeing Instead happening. Instead of so, saying like not all people are like that, say then don't be I'm like not that. like that, and I don't believe we should be like yeah. that. Yeah, right. That's, and so that's, call them out. That's step one. That's not all we need to hear. But that's step one. Like if Korean right? Americans were being assholes, which some of them are, I'm being very straight up and being like being defensive about X Y Z. I would call them out and be like, just because like we are. Of the same, whatever, you know, whatever our similarities are, like ethically, justice, you know, justice focused, I would not just silently, you know, let yeah. aid in a bet that kind of behavior. So that's that's the part that I'm still a little bit like I'm still working through that because maybe they're just really oblivious to what's really happening, which is upsetting. Um, but that's why the conversation is just begun. And that's kind of the, in some ways, the beauty of our our way of government is that, like, one of the things that I really admire about people, like especially like um, people that are are very um, in tune with the way government works, is they woke up the next day not thinking everything's screwed. Look, but seeing what they can do and what we can do to you know still, um, like where we are, where are we now? What are our options, and how do we best you know? like utilize those options because right. the, the system is set up so there's there's checks and balances and that the will of the people will always be heard you know it may not be consensus but everyone gets to be heard right no one has a super majority in congress right now nobody has like the apps nobody has absolute power yet right you know so there are still you know like and there's a lot of great things that happen you know Four women of color got elected to Senate, you know, Kamala Harris, the first African-American senator from California and like Asian-American, too. She's half South Indian, like Tammy Duckworth from from um, Illinois. There's there's a lot to celebrate as well. It's just in the face of the bigger picture, things may seem bleak um, because we're, we're dealing with something unprecedented. But um, there's still so much to fight for. And at this point, I think. We have a generation of people who've honestly been looking for a cause. Right. 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 We got it. <laughs> um, I like the meme that says, don't move to Canada, move to a swing state. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at places to live in Pennsylvania. I'm like, yo, Penn, that. we got to talk. <laughs> it's not even just looking for ways to game the system, but it's looking for ways to, like, it, it was eye-opening to see how much of a gap there is and we always knew there was a gap we just didn't know who the gap was with you know uh. um so yeah um well let's take a quick break and then uh, we can talk more about the new 
the new, our new reality um, after 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 these few words. Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Just a quick reminder that the Collabcast is a part of Collaboration, a national nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community. For more information on Collaboration, how it supports the Asian American community, as well as some other great content, including videos, podcasts, and blog articles, check out our website at www.collaboration.org. It's the end of the year, so we are making our annual ask for donation to support collaboration. It does take money to keep this engine rolling, supporting our local programs around the nation, as well as paying the bills for stuff like this podcast and our events. So if you'd like to learn more about our impact in our communities, as well as our programs in addition to this podcast, check out collaboration.org slash donate. Um, you'll find more information there, as well as a link to give. Collaboration, of course, is a 501c3 organization, so all donations are tax deductible. The Collabcast is also part of the brand new Potluck Podcast Collective, a collection of Asian American podcasts and podcasters bringing unique and diverse voices to the world of podcasts. We always talk about more representation is needed, and the Potluck Collective is endeavoring to bring this diversity to the audio world. If you like the Collabcast, you'll also like some of these other programs. Every week, I like to highlight a different one, so this week, I'm going to plug drunk monk drunk monk podcast is a podcast where keiko agena who you might know from gilmore girls and will Choi, who you might know from your local improv class and also the founder of the scarlett johansson presents series imbibe some adult beverages and watch the usa networks tv show monk it's a really fun podcast where though the topic is monk it's really about having fun with your friends and playing improv games Learn more about Drunk Monk as well as the other programs of the Potluck Podcast Collective at podcastpotluck.com. And that's all I have to plug. Uh, thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. Let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to episode 94 of the Collabcast. I'm Arunia, joined by Binchi Chang and our guest, Lily Rugo. Hi. Our intern who's leaving us at the end of the month. Stop it. Yep. So, yeah, I figured um, we still got about a good 20, 25 minutes left in the show. So let's talk a little bit more about just, uh, I feel like there's, there's still a lot to process about um, the election and this new, this kind of new status quo that we're entering into. Um, and there's been a lot, so like we're in LA and there's just been like daily protests going on and it's interesting to see just the reactions to it. And I personally, like when people are upset, they need an outlet and I'm just glad it hasn't escalated. And, you know, there's been um video of, you know, LAPD kind of keeping everything civil and supportive while you know this this you know, the protests are happening there i guess for me one of the biggest things that has been circulating circulating lately is just the <laughs> the complicity or the yeah the echo chamber quote unquote that is a new buzzword that social media kind of became and that's kind of what kept us from seeing the bigger picture right and there was this great article that was i forgot who released it but it showed you what a conservative person's facebook look feed look like and a 
liberal person's Facebook feed look like, and they are getting two completely different sets of like news and articles, mm-hmm. right? And something that I've been wishing would exist for like the last few years was like just a Snopes button, right? Because there's so many. You guys know what, know what Snopes is? Like fake news. Yeah, Snopes is what you check to like confirm or like deny like certain things. And whenever one of my high school friends would post some like this ridiculous article about how once it was like Hello Kitty was created by a Satanist or like <laughs> other things, I would like I would always be the, I'm the Snopes guy. I'm the guy who like you know pushes my glasses. Well, actually, that's fake. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> um, and like there just should just be a Snopes meter on every single article <laughs> posted. Yeah, because there's so much crap that is like that is post it as truth and if it follows your like your own personal beliefs you'll share that like oh my god check this out even before vetting it right and there's there's, there's, there was this article saying how a good chunk of those fake news sites are being run by these like kids in Macedonia in Greece and the whole point is to get ad money from clicks right so it doesn't matter what they put and it's I don't know like I I want to when 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 we say like it's good to find like-minded people, that's true because you want to you want um, say that we're making a film about Asian Americans, right? We want people who understand the story, who get the nuance, understand the urgency about X Y Z, the uh, the struggle of X Y. You know, it's such a double-edged sword. Like I, in and of itself, it's not bad to like really understand a certain perspective but the absence of other perspectives is very very dangerous the echo chamber effect yeah it's the existential crisis that we run into a lot with collaboration even just like being in this asian american world we focus a lot on our community um at the expense sometimes of outside communities well that's uh, and that's what uh, again because we, but because we need to mature the conversation within first, right? right? It's not, and that's the. It comes back to intent. What's the intent of that conversation? That conversation is to educate, to rally within, to then go out into the world and go and prosper. It's not to just like. I'm personally not a person who's saying like we only need to work with other Asian Americans. And no, we're saying like there's support here. They're people who get your struggles. Mm-hmm. So we can learn from people who have had to deal with the same types of struggles so that you can then go out again, go right. out and then interact that's with the, the, key. the normal so eventually, world. Like to make, to go out, right. To recognize also that it's a multicultural world, out, world out there. And a lot of what we were seeing, especially in like, it's, it's tough to say, but, like a lot of world governments, including our own, is this like withdrawal from like globalism, from mm-hmm. multiculturalism, mm-hmm. and that's kind of heartbreaking sometimes. I mean, I, I'm interested to see from like a young person's perspective. You mean an actual young? No, fellow, <laughs> a, from a fellow young person who you know who's also you know learning to become a journalist, which is now apparently like the number one most reviled occupation i'm so scared for all of my identities guys (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no it's interesting i was thinking the biggest thing i was worried about is post-trump is there's going to be a huge and there already is inherent distrust of the media we the big name uh organizations that are left-leaning traditionally but also really know their shit 
aren't trusted by a majority of America anymore. Um, that's the time, the New York times, Washington post, the Atlantic, uh, all those, those three all came out and said that they support Hillary. Uh, and now I don't know what they're going to do with their readership and with some of their reporting, because half the country thinks they're just leftist propaganda now when they still report on very important things. Um, NPR is never, they are left. They're never going to overcome that reputation. Um, so it's it's concerning to think about that. Uh, but I feel like the actual yeah. traditional institutions aren't going to be read or trusted anymore because people are just automatically going to assume they're left. And maybe this is my bicoastal elitism talking, but like there's, I still value like NPR. They they ran a really great podcast that covers political discussion, and they're very very like careful not to like to toe the line, like to say. Yeah, Talk I about feel like they've been sides. very, very... And I here's the yeah, left. here's the thing is just even centrist type of like fairness is seen as left-leaning now. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not 100% committed to what your stance, you're on the other side. Like It's like there's a whole us versus them mentality that has like become the norm. And that's kind of like that's what really scares me sometimes is like I feel like it comes down to just this fundamental like misunderstanding of what the First Amendment actually protects, right? It protects journalists from censorship. It protects them from like government reprisal for things they say. It protects people to say what they want, but it doesn't protect those people from like the consequences of what they say. I think that's right? where, personally. That's where I think art enters the scene. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is a new new era of we're going to have to be very creative about how we message everything, how we get content. I hate the word content. I want to call it art, but I feel like art is so hippie and then people are going to reject that. I think and then content, content sounds too... Content's very corporate. I hate the word corporate. Content. Very like, yeah. it's, it's so buzzword. It's stuff to it, sell. It's, it's, uh, it is art. I think It is art, art but, like, but like people are going to reject that. But I don't even think so. I mean, so something that came out of the community panel we had at our conference, and I want to bring it back to our conference because that's something more, more happy and hopeful and optimistic about that discussion but um, something that came out of our community discussion, which is be- which was between a lot of community orgs, we on the eighth, our Mike, East West players, and Kate, um, which is in times of gr- like social like upheaval, upheaval and like oppression, is when the best art comes out, right? You think about the art of the '60s, the art of the civil rights movement, even the arts of revolution. We talk about this right. all the time. We're like when we're the most depressed and pissed off is like <laughs> when it pours out. And like one of like so many of the artists that we've had as guests, they're like, when I'm happy, nothing happens. Yep. Like yeah. they're they're super unable to create good <laughs> art. That's what I'm saying. It's like a it's a silver yeah. lining. So we're gonna see some really great art come out of these next like this next. See, season. I want to find another word. Like I love the word art, but I feel like there's gonna be people like, oh, art's gonna save us. Like there are people out there <laughs> gonna just roll their eyes, culture, and unroll them, please. Culture, culture, but works. it's works, works. like uh, creative works. Let's just say movements, say, right? Like just. I say creative works. This I think is not a moment. I say creative works movement. are gonna make a really big difference because. It's something that, especially in the United States where we are hungry for entertainment and we consume more 
television and film than any other country by far. The it's just even a numbers game like the the things that we the stories that come out of this whether they be written or film or you know digital or vr whatever those are going to have a, a great tremendous impact on how we care to understand each other and a lot of people are going to walk into them not wanting to understand other people but they may walk out of it understanding other people because they got sucked in by boobs and violence i don't know like like the rest of a lot of people um and that those are the really inspiring thing that i really need that's what i got out of empower and star was a reminder sometimes if you want to look at it that way because it was a question that was asked directly at the empower conference do you see being an asian american creative person as a burden is it is it like a, can it feel terrible to feel like you're responsible for representing everybody and i was really grateful that people got real with that and they're like you know it ultimately comes down to a choice. Can you look at it as a, a great responsibility and a great honor? And also to, and like that was one perspective. Jimmy's like, I just don't even think about it. Like I'm just going to do me and what I think is funny and what I think is creative and let that say what it, what it says without me trying to create some sort of intentional movement or message behind it. A mix of all of that is what I think ultimately is going to change everything. So it definitely, including myself, it lit a fire under my butt to like, I'm going to go make some stuff now. I got to write some stuff. I've been meaning to. And now literally that urgency is so <laughs> in my face that I would be, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night being like, I'm being lazy and procrastinating right now. Right. So let's, let's talk about that. Just like what is, because for a lot of us, especially in the creative community, creative works community, hey, hey, way to adopt it, Marv, way to it, Arts and arts, arts and arts, Shut arts, up. arts, arts, arts. arts. Um, Do you see what I have to deal with, you guys? It's the new um, intro to the podcast. Give me all the sympathy, arts, 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 all arts. the sympathy, Everybody. please. Um, damn, I lost my train of thought. Serves you right. Right. Okay. A lot of, you know, we've we've gone through, and I guess you know, some people are still dealing with their stages of you know of Green. dealing of with it, but. You know, for those of us who have gone, like a lot of us, especially in the creative, like it's not the industry, world, space, um, are at this point now where okay, now I'm it's lit a fire, right? We we see what our new path is, what the new what the opportunities are, what we can do, and you know it's you know especially in the in the arts world, it's making sure that our perspectives that are different than other people's perspectives can be viewed as easily. And, you know, part of that is creating stuff. And part of that is also to make sure that things get seen, right? So it's yes. been more important more than ever to, A, have creators keep creating, B, have, you know, organizers, have planners, producers keep producing to make sure that these things get on stages, get on screens, get on the radio, get on just even festivals and bars and coffee houses you know all across and the I th nation right? i think i think what is coupled with the sentiment of like let's make tons of content um it comes creative back works. creative works creative works thank you thank you for correcting me <laughs> i appreciate that genuinely um besides what are artistic works both <laughs> creative works as we as that upsurge of creative works comes into existence 
it's not just the doing, but doing it well. That was something that, to be honest, I think we are so much in this emotional place of like, we just need to tell our stories. Do it well, please, Lord. Because this is an ongoing conversation within the Asian American community that that's the real conversation. There's been within within circles, we've heard it time and time again, and I've found myself saying this. You can't just make stuff. You have to make good stuff. You have to make things that, again, people are going to to believe and to enjoy and to really be struck by and you can't do that just by being some random person which is why with the empower conference not only was it a place for people to get inspired to meet and network and whatnot it's really to do the work like do the work and make it a commitment to go to classes to go to workshops to get feedback to you might get your ass handed to you you know you might put your whole heart and soul into some script and find that once you hand it over to somebody, which I don't think a lot of Asian people are Asian Americans still, it's still a, not a, it's not a eager thing that we're like, Hey, rip this apart. Tell me all the things that are wrong with this script or tell me everything that about how bad of an actor I am. Um, I think we have a hard time dealing with that criticism. That's something that I just by intuition and conversation feel is very prevalent still. And so that's not conducive to, honing a craft because you are gonna again have to be very very woke to what you are lacking and what you need to improve yeah and it's i was gonna say it's not just creating and making your own stuff it's also showing up and supporting things that are in your community like yeah if your friend is a musician and they're going out there and go to their shows yeah read your friend's books and things like that support your friends watch their films subscribe to them on youtube it's listen to your friend's podcast yes we work very very hard (laughs) it's not just creating your own stuff it's creating and working on your your community your network yeah yeah i completely agree I, I have a lot of fun going to friend shows and it's been really great to watch people develop. And I know, and that, that's, that's the, I think I feel very, very fortunate so that we can have that, but it's fortunate and I feel lucky, but I, I'm also glad that I chose that. You know, I'm glad that, uh, because I saw other people around me and I want that to increase like my friends in my circle, we have all had that very, very hard conversation with parents. And we've all had that feeling of like feeling like we're a disappointment or dealing with the uncertainty of the future, where our next dollar might come from, what project is going to potentially be the best next collaboration. You know, we've, we're, I, I'm very fortunate to have gone down that path because I'm around people who also do the same. But I'm also very confident that there has never been a better time yes. to be an Asian American artist. Do it. <laughs> Actually, we though. need you. I mean, seriously. There has been a better time. There's there's more of us doing stuff. There's more of us in positions where we can help each other do stuff. There's more of us in positions where we can let stuff happen. Producers, executives. There honestly has not been a better time. Like even a year ago, two years ago, like a year ago there was, we wouldn't have had as much outrage over. Yeah, everything right? has, been, has been a continuation and built upon yeah. itself for sure. And look at the, and that's what I felt when we were doing the Empower Conference, as stressed out as I was and like, <laughs> Why am I doing this? I hate everybody and I don't want to be here anymore. Like that's that was me last week. Yeah, but we're here after like decades of people putting in work, yes. getting in position. Which is why know. like when I looked at our lineup, right, which is like the people who were down and available on short notice who all stepped in to make this happen. This was not like some magical thing that we just 
whipped up. It was everybody rallied hard. And I'm just so grateful for that because that that in essence showed me and gave me a lot of confidence and strength to like, no, we're going to we're going to yeah. make this happen. I mean, just meeting people like. You don't you might not know this, but the person in who person the person who found Ryan Coogler, the director of Creed and Fruitvale Station, is an Asian American woman who like saw that film and said, We have to get this. Nina Yang Like Forrest Whitaker's business <laughs> yes, partner, queen. pretty much, you know? Like a lot of art is being made because not because, but like there are Asian Americans in very, very like important positions, just waiting for the for the contents, the art, the creative work works. side to set to to get there. And they're there to give that feedback. That's yeah. what. So for me, I think when we created this conference, was in the mindset of not just hear what's what are the goings ons in in the production room which I had gone to other conferences and heard, and that was all very insightful and stuff that I wanted to know. It helps you understand the politics, and it helps you understand the nuanced stuff. But I wanted the ABCs. I'm like, what do I do to pitch an idea to a network? What What is required of me? What documents do I need to prepare? What forms do I need to fill out in order to have a shot at starting this, to have a, even a toe in the door, right? And I think that's what was discussed part of the discussion at our conference was like people laying down the abcs they're like yo you got to have a good pitch a bit a good pitch entails a b c d e f g when you go to tv this is what you got to do when you're thinking about film this is what you got to do if you want to do a new media channel we had a whole panel just on <laughs> new media because that's its own universe now right so um yeah i mean yeah. i am totally tooting in power because i walked out of that and I floated and I had to go. I only had like 10 minutes at each thing. Um, I hope it was like it was something that informative and inspiring because it gave you concrete things to, to do. Yeah. Lily, was it? Did you? Oh, yeah. Are you I, ready to take on the world now? A little bit. I feel like it. Yeah. 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 A little bit more than before, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, I <laughs> I'm definitely. totally feeding her answer. I yeah. definitely needed this <laughs> I mean, weekend after Tuesday. <laughs> I was just kind of like, you guys saw me. I was kind of dead in the office. And then it got time when you like, we had to get to work. And it was, it was everything I needed. And it's then, like launch out of the depression, right? guys. Let's just pull yeah. ourselves out. It's like, you know, writing your way out of, you know, any funk you have. Yeah. Or just working on stuff. Just, you know, that's the beauty of creating. Because at the end, you see this thing that you made. And like, there's an endless the, ocean of suppressed emotions within the Asian American <laughs> community. Write that out, man. Well, you also see all the work you put into it and the fact that you accomplished something. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's the key. It's just, you know, it's easy to dwell forever, but like people were made to do stuff, you know. What yeah. was your key, what were your key takeaways then? Oh, from this weekend? From this weekend. Mine's one, or Lily? mine's one like one specific memory I have. It was uh, since obviously I'm the I'm from I'm the collaboration Boston rep out here this year and our our finalist Samika killed it she was so close to winning star and like Timothy is great and like everyone was so great but Samika was so close to winning star and um, I remember after the show I was out looking for her because I want to congratulate her and Wong Fu's Phil um aj Raphael and victoria park and i think eventually jason lee came up too they went up to her and were like oh my god you were so good and can we have your business card and they asked her for a picture with them and i was just i was just so happy and proud in that moment because these are all the youtubers that like 
I'm you a dope. Idolize. <laughs> I'm a dope and ask them for photos. And then this this finalist that we helped bring out here, uh, she all she did all the work on her own, but we you know, we helped her find collaboration. And she's getting asked for a photo with Wong Fu, and I was just so happy for her and happy you, for collaboration. You heard it here first. Lily Rugo of Collab Boston thinks Timothy John robbed Samika of her title. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Headlines. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, for me, it was kind of similar it was just really great to get the feedback i think as as the organizers of these huge events it's always good to see to hear what people thought about all the hard work we put into it. it's kind of like what we were talking about what i was talking about earlier about you know accomplishing a creative work and seeing all the work is just like people affirming that how especially last week how much it was needed to like get everyone together and start talking about like just the future and being hopeful and optimistic and finding where our place is now and how to get there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, I think it brought them out of their funk and like lit that fire, you know, like, yeah. you know, you even said you're still yourself after last weekend, you were like, all right, I'm going to start doing more, which is crazy, which is crazy. We do so much, <laughs> but <laughs> more know. personally. And I have, yeah, I actually have, which is weird. Because usually it's talk and I'm and it's a feeling and it's and then again it's it builds on itself and then you reach that point of like well I've talked and felt enough now it's time to yeah and I think another thing is this I feel like people who do great things don't give themselves enough credit there's so many people on our panels who like one of the main first things they ask is why am I here I don't feel like I belong here and it's like yeah you do you're like executive producer I feel like half my job is like. <laughs> is is being everyone's cheerleader, Jet, like for yeah. real, being their hype man. Yes, and I loved it. And then that's why I was like getting everyone was like, "You're such a great MC." I was like, I literally was just saying how much I love people. That's all I was doing, this and that's true. easy for me. She wrote her script a day of, like a few <laughs> hours before. <laughs> it was stressing me out. <laughs> I know I was. I was like, as the don't director tell of Marvin, the show, I was like, "Man, did you have your script?" Yeah, totally. I was like, "Shit." She's like, I'll send it to you right away. I'm like, I never got a script. Yeah. <laughs> I had it on my phone, <laughs> like on the side. But that was what was really, really cool. And that, that's why I felt confident about my job as MTC. It's like, I know collab in and out. So I can talk about that all day, every day, which I do. And then on top of that, it's just I needed bios. And then I will go. It's being their hype man. And that's a f- ironic thing that I'm still trying to grapple with myself as Edie of collab, um, being my own creative person. Is is Phil is is it's like Oprah. It's like owning your own power. You, it's required in this world and to live and to be of value, to know your value. And I think that is where like I just wanted people to be in the room, and be like, do you understand how amazing you are? Do you get it? There's that is why. And for me, I wanted to really reinforce that. So I really do feel like at least half of my job. This is not just artists. This is for volunteers, for everybody. It's to constantly thank and praise them. That is half my job is to let them know you're freaking amazing. You're doing things that are literally changing the world. And and sometimes we just need that reminder. And without it, you're not going to f- understand that not only is your purpose your purpose, but you're fulfilling your purpose. You need to know that you need validation along the way, right? And for us, we're kind of like in this quagmire of like, I don't know if what I'm doing is making any difference. I don't know if what I'm doing is impacting somebody in a future generation with the same creative mindset that has maybe even more than I do to offer. And that's what I thought was so cool because that's what 
uh, and that's my key takeaway, is the power of working with others. Uh, because I think the image of Hollywood and the image of celebrity and the image of being an artist and getting all this attention and all the likes and all the followers and influence, that is, that is it takes a village to make somebody a superstar. And there's so many versions of superstars. And um, that's why I think everybody has to be all in for this. And I hope that people increasingly get in on this. Because whether you are not the creative person, your eyeballs and your feedback and your like and your purchase and your movie ticket and your album download, that is, you are contributing to it. And we can't move forward without that because we need the, it's an ongoing cycle. Yeah. So mm-hmm. work together. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, going with the flow is no longer an option. <laughs> we're going against the flow and we're going to like, yeah. we're going to make it to the other side of this wave. Are we going to sing Celine Dion now? <laughs> is it a pill climb? No, we already paid Jay-Z so much money. <laughs> can't pay God, Celine Dion. Celine. Also. There's no collaboration star next year. All of our money went to pay Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hustler, baby. Uh, oh, there goes another million dollars. Um <laughs> That'll do it. Thank you so much for the great discussion. I love you guys. Um, love, love, love. Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy week, and I'm glad we glad to finally be able to talk to people about this on the podcast. The people we and see not, every day. Not to myself last like last week. <laughs> um, well, Marvin and I joke about it all the time. We're working together every day, but our podcast is like when we're like, "So what's up with you? <laughs> How you been?" It's when we can actually talk about. You know, things. That doesn't make sense. Versus, where's my script? (laughs) Where's the cue sheet? Hey, we started started on time, so I'm very proud about that. No, I'm very, very... It went great. I'm very proud. Star was awesome. It was a great show. If you missed it, sucks to be you, but hopefully come out next year. Um, And that'll do it for Clapcast episode 94 for this November. Next week, uh, it's going to be the Thanksgiving episode. By the way, why, why, why is Little Tokyo, why is the Christmas tree up? Yeah, everywhere. Hollywood, What's, everywhere. I'm so upset. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't bring that up, but I, I didn't want to like I just thought about this just now, <laughs> and I'm seething, and I'm going to, I'm going to. Go listen to some ASMR. Soothe. <sighs> World. We're going to make ocean wave sounds from Marvin. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing Thanksgiving decorations until Christmas. Do it. You fight that good fight, Mark. Fight, go against the flow. That'll be my creative work. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Collabcast. Uh, as always, you can email us at podcast at collaboration.org. We promise we do read your emails and um, they will get on the air eventually. I know some of you are waiting and um, hopefully maybe next week will be my roundtable's topic. That email again is podcast at collaboration.org. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and wherever you find podcasts on our RSS feed. And if you do subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. It does help us to reach more people and makes us feel great. Uh, This podcast is, of course, part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which launched last week, a collective of Asian-American hosted podcasts for your listening pleasure. So if you like what you hear here, uh, please check out our other programs. Please do. And thanks to Aberbeats featuring Prisca for use of their song Never Too Late, which you can find on the Voices of Our Volt album, produced by 18 Million Rising, Collaboration, Tuesday Night Cafe, Misty Music, and Tractivist. And that'll do it uh, for Marvin, Minji, and Lily. Thanks for listening, and we'll see y'all next week. Happy Thanksgiving, and um, leave your Christmas lights at home. 
<laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>